I'm excited for our speaker tonight, Brother Jared Marks. And Brother, Brother Marks, it, it seems like he can just kind of do it all. Run the sound, weld a bunch of steel, and um, not only is he a great son-in-law, but he's a great Christian, and he's a good preacher, and uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't even, I can't even remember the last time that he preached. Um, uh, is this the first time you've ever preached in this building? Okay, okay. Well, that's special. But that should prove to everybody that we don't have favorites. Now, that may not make a lot of sense or be a big deal to you, but I have been in churches where it doesn't really matter if the guy can preach or not. He's related to the pastor, and bless the Lord, he's going he's gonna to give us a couple blessed thoughts tonight. But I really feel blessed that uh, Brother Marks can carry the mail, and he can preach. And so without any further delay, would you put your hands together for the man of God? So he comes tonight and preaches. Jesus' name. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. I love you, Jesus. Does anybody feel like having church on a Tuesday night? Somebody say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Well, is anybody happy? Might as well get happy anyways if you're not. I am honored, thankful, grateful to be here tonight and to address this congregation and stand behind this pulpit. I give honor to our great man of God, our pastor. How many is thankful for our pastor? Amen. And Sister Mayo, we have great leadership. I think it's a good thing they're not live streaming because I'm fixing to get myself in trouble, but it's a I thank the good Lord above that I had enough sense to get out of that hot, humid Oklahoma. Now, Granny Smith, now that's not the apple, that's my Granny Smith. She'd she to tell you straight in your face that it wasn't the will of God for me to leave Oklahoma. Well, God, God love her. She's She's told me a lot of good things and helped me all these years, but if she was standing here, I'd have to tell her, Granny, it was the will of God. <laughs> Love my wife, my little boy, thankful for them. 
all that they mean to me in Jesus' name. I, I've got big shoes to fill here tonight, not only because our bishop, he knows how to carry the mail and walk on the Holy Ghost, but the last two weeks on Tuesday night, we've had some young men that have carried the mail. Brother Sergeant, Brother Roberts. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go to the book of Judges, chapter 16, and verse 20. Judges, chapter 16, and verse 20. This dropped in my spirit last Thursday. I'm all in the yard here at the church. I had an MP3 player, and I was listening to preaching, and the preacher was preaching, and he said something, and it, like, hit me between the eyes. And I was telling Brother Logan Sargent later on that evening, there's sometimes, as a preacher, you preachers are actually men or women of God, you saints of God. There's sometimes when God gives you revelation or God gives you something in the word, you just want to go shout it off a mountaintop and proclaim it. Well, ever since then, I have been chomping at the bits and the pastor texts me. Well, I even told Brother Sergeant that night, I said, usually when this happens, God's fixing it to open the door for me to preach this. And so, lo and behold, it, it did. And that's no glory to me. That's all to God. But it, I'm just telling you, something's fixing to happen. Judges chapter 16, verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he winced not that the Lord was departed from him. And he shake, or it says, and shake myself. For the, with the help of the Holy Ghost for a moment here tonight, I want to preach on this subject and this thought. Shaking the lust of the flesh. Shaking or shaking off, however you want to put it the lust of the flesh. Why don't we put our Bibles down one more time. Let's, let's just pray and ask God to help us. God, we love you. Thank you for another opportunity to come into your presence, come into your house, God. Thank you for your spirit that we feel here today. God, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts. Oh, God, let us receive your word. Let us leave differently than we have come. My prayer, God, tonight is that I be changed. Does anybody want to be changed? Clap your hands. Give him some praise one more time before you're seated. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you're going to do in my life, what you're going to do here before we leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. You can be seated. Here in the book of Judges, we find an all-familiar passage. We find the story and the life of Samson. 
taught in Sunday school classes all over the world and in apostolic churches and non-apostolic churches. We see and heard as a child the story of Samson. His strength, his power. It's an amazing story. If For the time's sake here tonight, we're just... We're going to highlight a few things here and get to where God wants us. But we, we really don't know much about Samson's early life other than at birth the hand of God was upon his life. He was chosen to lead the uh, people of Israel out from underneath, the, or not the bondage, but the, the, the enticing uh, enemy of the Philistines. And so uh, at birth he was to take or, and took the Nazarite vow. We find uh, here in the Word of God uh, that it talks about this vow, in, in the uh, uh, and and here it talks about several things about it. But I want to first off say this: that the Hebrew word for Nazarite simply means to be separated or consecrated. To be separated. Or consecrated. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Oh, this vow simply means here that they were to abstain from wine and fermented drinks. They couldn't drink grape juice, couldn't eat grapes or raisins, couldn't eat the skin or seeds of grapes. They were not to cut their hair, and they were not to go near a dead body. Now, we, we, we find that Samson here has taken this vow, uh, ironically and uniquely to me that uh, in the Old Testament that a, a man and a woman could take a Nazarite vow. And, but here, we're, we're focusing on Samson here tonight. So from his, like I said, early on in his life, we, we don't find much out about Samson. But when we do pick up in this, this passage we very quickly find out, and I'm just going straight in. If you're wanting something pretty or something, paint a pretty picture, I, I'm not coming here to do that tonight, nor do I think I could. But Samson, we quickly find out, has a problem. He's got a major problem in his life, and that is a problem with lust. He, 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 he's infatuated. He's, uh, he is already quickly, we find, in the, the, uh, the book, uh, chapters uh, 14 through 15, 16, we find quickly that he has this lust problem. He desires a woman from the Philistines. Uh, he, and he, he he's not only desires, he goes to the, uh, the, the farthest point that he could to obtain her. Uh, Brother Earls is going to help me read here tonight. Judges chapter 14 and verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. It's a daughter of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Now, pause there. Just real quick, what do we see already wrong here? We see a son telling his mother and father what to do. We'll get there. Verse 3, Brother Earls. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me. 
for she pleaseth me well. Somebody say Samson's got a problem. Samson's got a problem. He is full of lust. He has given himself over to the spirit of lust. He's given himself over to the lust of his flesh. He sees a woman, a, a Philistine woman, and he desires her. We know that uh, the Philistines to us represent the world. It represents unrighteousness. The people of the Philistines, they, they, they represent a perverted nation, an unruly, unrighteous, everything that opposes God. But Samson desires it. He desires a woman from that, if I could say it that way. So much to the point that he tells his own mother and father, go get her for me. I don't want to get ahead of myself here tonight, but lust, when you're getting yourself over to it, will take you to places. You will begin to act ways and go places that you thought never possible. Not in my right mind at 33 years old when I walk in to any room and tell my mother and father, go do this. But the Bible says to honor thy father and thy mother. Yeah, that's what it says. Honor, they may be wrong. They might be uh, not living for God. I don't know why I'm saying this. But they could be lost in this world just like any other person. But you better honor them. And you better love them. Because that's your mother and your father that birthed you into this world. I'll go ahead a little further and say if it wasn't for your unsaved parents, you wouldn't be in the house of God tonight. He tells his mother and father, go get her. Just boldly, brash, ugly. I can just see it. Go get her for me. His mother and father, his brother Earl's friend, it says, is there not a woman among us, an Israelite? Someone that's pleasing unto God that you could uh, take another vow with? Oh, no. Samson said unto his father, get her for me. For she pleaseth me well. She pleaseth me well. That's the flesh speaking. We, we, we see the flesh speaking through Samson, operating through Samson's life here. Go get her. I don't care where, who, she's, uh, who she is and where she's from and what she represents. I, I've got to have her. I want her because I, my flesh desires her and she pleases me. The flesh will let things please you that shouldn't. The flesh will cause you to be delusional and operate in a mindset that is so contrary to the word of God and to the things of God. Your flesh, the lust of your flesh, is, it, is, it is the giant in your life that has attached to be overcome. And I've come here tonight to preach that it is possible to shake yourself from the lust of the flesh. It is possible to live in the 21st century. It is possible to preach in this perverted society that we live in and be an overcomer of the lust of the flesh. It is possible. The flesh will cause you to tell authority in your life what to do and how to do it and when to do it. The flesh is an ugly, ugly thing in your life. We, we've got to confront it. We've got to, we've got to just, we can't push it aside anymore. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. We can't just shove it aside and say, yeah, I know if that issue, but I, I'm still coming to church and I, I'm still coming to Wednesday night prayer meeting, but I, I still got this. No, God's confronting us here tonight and say, shake your yourself from it. Shake yourself from it. Shake yourself from it. 
Charles, read Romans 8 and 5 for me. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Yeah. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Yes, sir. For to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against oh, God. God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We could stop. I could stop right there. I could stop. There's no more. There's no more to be said. We've got to confront our flesh. We've got to confront these little, these little boogie monsters we got in the closet that we keep pushing back in every time they rear their ugly head and we, we're just we're dealing with them. Yeah, we're dealing with them. You're entertaining them. Instead of rebuking them in the name of Jesus and casting them out of your home and out of your mind and out of your marriage, you're just entertaining them. You're just petting them. You pull them out and, yeah, I know you really shouldn't be here, and I really shouldn't be doing this, but I still feel the Holy Ghost, and I, I still feel my little jig on Sunday afternoons, and I feel like taking a lap. No, God says, shake it, shake it, shake your flesh, shake your flesh. Sir, Samson learned how to, oh, God, Samson learned how to be under the foul and still entertain his flesh. Samson still knew how to feel the anointing and remember the vow that he took and look at his long hair and every time he, he goes to, he's offered a cup of uh, grape juice, if I will, if you can let me say it that way, he, 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 he remembers, no, 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 but in his secret life, in his closet and away from everyone else and every, everything else that everyone else is doing, he's got, he's got this little thing that's called lust, the lust of the flesh. And he's, 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 a, he's, 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 he's got a problem, and he, he wants to please it, and he wants to, and he, don't, let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not confuse the fact tonight here. We, it's in us to please. It is. It's in our nature to please. We're going to please something. Some of us are people pleasers. We will we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever we can not, not to have confrontation. We'll just please, yeah, please, whatever, whatever we got to do, yeah, whatever. And what they'll skirt situation and stuff. We're going to please something in our life. Please do not, no pun intended, please the lust of the flesh. I feel in the spirit. I felt this in prayer last night. I, I felt it. I seen it as God was drawing a line in the sand for the Cornerstone Church in Liberty Lake saying, no longer. We've got to shake ourselves. There's no longer. We don't have any more time to lose. Revive our coming. It's here. And it starts here tonight with you and I shaking our flesh. Shaking the lust of the flesh and saying, you know what? I can't please that no longer. Because if I'm pleasing that, I can't be pleasing unto God and teach that Bible study and witness to that individual and leave my home in prayer. When I'm pleasing this, I can't be pleasing that. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You're, you're just going to come a point, not feel it in the Holy Ghost. That points tonight to where you got to choose and pick. You're going to 
please this and give yourself to it or you're going to walk away. You're going to shake yourself from it and go and start pleasing God and become the everything that God's called you. I rebuke the lie of the devil saying you've gone too far. I've got you too entangled with this. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. It's unbridled lust and living in sin. An unbridled lust. Man, I don't know anything about horses. I'm from Oklahoma, but... I was a poser cowboy. I wasn't no cowboy. You try to go put a bridle on a horse that ain't broke. That's exactly the way we are with God. It's our will or his will. And every time we go towards God, every Sunday, we feel the anointing. We feel, we feel the great preaching of our pastor. And we feel conviction. And we got to lay it down. And we got we to gotta go deeper. And we gotta, we, it's, un, it's like that horse unbridled. No, no. My, my will, my will, my will. I, I'll, let, I'll let you be in my presence. And I, just as a horse, and I know it's a terrible parallel. We're not, I'm not comparing anyone as to a horse here tonight. Let's just get this straight. But it's the same attitude and the same actions and mannerisms of like, I, you, a horse. You you can be in its presence. You can be up next to it, but he's still, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. So you know what that tells me is, we can come in the house of God, we can sing on choir, we can do our thing, and we can be in the presence of God and the anointing of God. But at the same time, we're going. It's unbridled lust. It's, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no. That's exactly what happens. When you begin to operate under, uh, under the lust of the flesh, you, you feel the anointing. I'm, I'm going to be a little redundant here. You still come to church. You still God, you give God his tithe and you pay your offerings. And you, you still, you go through the motion. You even go to outreach. You raise your hands. We run the aisles. We, like I said a moment ago, we do our little Sunday jig, and uh, but we're, we we feel the Holy Ghost. Yay! Can I go a little further and say we're used by God, but we're still giving in to our lust. We're still we're, we're there. We're yeah, it looks right. And it, it looks yes. He's got it all together, and he's he he's got it just just right. He must be praying. He, I know what I'm talking about. Can I be real with you? I know what it, I know what it is to have leadership fall and fail, just openly right in front of you, blind. I, I before years before I came here, I, I was under another man, a great man of God. If he was here tonight, I would hug his neck. I'd cry on his shoulder, but he 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 fell trapped to the lust of his flesh. Oh, he was preaching Sunday night. Man, we knew how to have church. He was a great preacher. He was a conference preacher. He, he knew how. I mean, it ran in his family. It was in his blood to preach the apostolic doctrine. But there was a little thing in his behind closed doors and nobody but him and God and his flesh knew about. And he was entertaining it. And you know what? Years later, and it doesn't matter, but it all came out. And it hurt the church, and it hurt people, and it, it, it damaged people's life, and you know. But it, 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 all because of the lust of the flesh. 
What are you saying, Brother Mark? I'm saying that we can be used of God. We, we can do what Pastor Mayo asked us to do. And we can do what leadership of this church asked us to do. And I, I'm telling you, as an usher, we got to shake our lust of the flesh. As a greeter, we've got to shake the lust of our flesh. As someone that works in the coffee shop, we've got to shake the lust of our flesh. It's not positional. I, I've just watched over the last month of the Holy Ghost, starting with my brother and maybe even before that, through Bishop Mayo and through these other young men, everything just fell in line. Bam, bam, bam. God is trying to shake us, and he's bringing us to this point. We've got to go deeper. I said it a moment ago. Revival's here. We cannot waste another moment. We're getting so distracted by ourselves and our problems and our own personal issues and there's people dying and going to hell out there. I, I, I want to stir it up in somebody that we got to get past ourselves. At some point, our spiritual maturity has to kick in and say, you know what, Satan, no, no you know what, we blame Satan way too much. Flesh, No. No, no, no. The will of God. Yes, yes, yes. Is that too simple tonight? I don't know why I feel this. Somebody stand up and shake. Somebody do a holy shake right now. Come on. Are we too proud that we can't just say, yes, sir. Yes, God, I hear your voice, and I, I'm going to shake myself. Hallelujah. What begins to happen when we operate under the spirit of the lust of the flesh is that we're given unto spiritual blindness. Completely given unto your flesh, you begin to operate in this delusion. I feel God. I feel like running. I, I feel, you know what the problem is? Oh, I'm fixing you in trouble. We, we've come to, to be accustomed to feel good church. It's not, oh, I'm, we love praise and worship. We love prayer. But we like how it feels. We got to go deeper than feel. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I'll be very transparent. I, I went to, here I am, my Oaky Roots. I went to a Crab Family Southern Gospel concert. I felt the Holy Ghost. I felt the anointing. It felt good. I mean, they were singing. They were singing real good. But do you think, and ironically, years later, some things have come out, and there's, it doesn't matter, whatever. But you think just because they're singing about God Almighty, the one true living God, and he'll bring you through the fire, and all those incredible songs we've sang, or we don't sing them here, but, well, we sang that one for choir. <laughs> Maybe we should sing that one, Brother Jordan. Uh, but they, they were entertaining their flesh. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at him. 
He's, he's one of my favorite singers. You know this, Jason Crabb. You look at that joker now. After fame, he got a little, he got a little experience. He got a little, uh, uh, you know, fame under his belt and recognized. He is a completely different individual. And I'm not talking about an apostolic. I'm, I'm talking about a world individual that knows God and all these great things. How much more does Satan, I'll, I'll plug Satan in here. How much more does he want us as people of God to falter our flesh? Because you know what? I, I believe Satan gets more pleasure. Now, this is a bold statement. But he might get more pleasure out of you falling through your own self than his own traps. So you know what that means? I got to shake myself. Every time I walk down, I don't know I'm going to say this. I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some places, there's convictions. Pastor, he draws a line. God gives him a direction for this church. And there's a, there's, there's a standard. We heard about that priest a few weeks ago, and that was powerful preaching. There's a standard of this church. But I'm going to confront some men here tonight and challenge you. There's some personal convictions in your life that we got to start drawing the line. And that's dealing with the lust of our flesh. There's some places, and this is not bragging on me, there's, I promise you, but there's some places you will not find this old boy right here. Now, now someone else, they can handle it. That man could, someone, you know, Brother Earls could handle it. But my flesh, uh-uh. Does that mean he's wrong and I'm right? No. That means I, got, I, I recognize my flesh and go, you know what? Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. Yeah, good old pastor personal conviction is what we need. Preach it, pastor. Yeah, I, I'll line up with that, pastor. Yes, preach it. I'm behind you, pastor. But in, in his front room with his wife, he goes, you know, honey, pastor drew the line there, but I, I got to draw it here. And so if you'll help me to keep that line, this is where I'm going to draw it. And that's, it's not men specific. I'll go ahead and say for ladies, you ladies, there's some things. You know, honey, if we can, let's let's just draw the line. I did this. I did it. I don't know if it was last year. There was something we were, and it was. It's nothing, nothing wrong with it. There was nothing. It was just one of those things we were doing, and I just. I finally, I told my wife. I said, you know what? Let's not do that anymore. It's it's appealing to my flesh. It's it's appealing to my the lust of my flesh, and I I, I don't. We don't need to do it anymore. And I, have we lost any time, honey? We hadn't missed out on anything, have we? Isn't it amazing when we start saying, you know what? No, uh-uh, I ain't going there. Uh-uh, I ain't going to do that. Hey, we'll find more joy in your life than you thought you ever could find. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Living for God's the best thing. We just got to shake ourselves every once in a while and say, you know what? Flesh no more. I'm going to not, uh, not, not, not over my dead body. Uh, not anymore. Somebody clap. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. 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 It's a dangerous thing. The lust of the flesh is a dangerous thing. It begins to, it makes up situations and scenarios that are not even realistic in your life. 
when you're operating under the, the lust of the flesh. Let me say that again. It makes up situations and scenarios that are not even realistic. Not even in this world. Not even possible. It's a, it begins, it's a fantasy in your mind. And it's this, this world. We're dealing with it right now. We were just talking about it a few weeks ago. This virtual world that people are living in. I've seen it today. Brother Sessions and I were going somewhere to get some material or something. Or try to pay for some material. And, uh, and I seen a guy walking down the sidewalk and he has a tail clipped on the back of his shirt or his drawers. And it's just waving in the back. A fox tail. He's living in this virtual world. I don't know what he thinks he is. And I'm not making fun, but it's just the reality of it. Where our lust takes us, it wants us to think it takes us out of this, this the real world and puts us into something that's just our own little, it's, it's my own little world. I'm, I'm all, it's all up to me and whatever I do and whatever I say is okay. And it's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's spiritual blindness. When you, when you completely give yourself to the lust of the flesh, it causes you to, to, to blind yourself from truths of God and the realities of God. It just, it does. One of the worst lusts, one of the worst thing that humanity deals with is such a dark trap. It's such an ugly spirit. And it's pornography. It's, it's, it's ugly. It's, it's, it's so unrealistic. It's so perverted. It's, it's taken what God's made pure in the confines of a marriage and perverted it and twisted it. And why? Why? To please to the lust of the flesh. It might, you, it might happen that just by happenstance, that by your innocence, something comes up. It's it's possible. Let's not be naive here tonight. By the innocence, that's why we gotta we gotta protect our children. We gotta protect our children. Brother Sergeant hit it a couple weeks ago. What in the world are we doing, giving our kids smartphones with all access? To the lust of the flesh. It, could, it just starts out simply by innocence and not, not on purpose. But what happens is uh, uh, Satan begins his work of operation or your flesh begins, if you will. Either way, and it begins to work on that innocent and pure mind. And it works on the curiosity of the purity of that child or individual. And it begins to, to dwell on it. And they begin to find themselves thinking on it and wondering and pondering to the point to where they find themselves right back at the source of it. My God, I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost tonight. And you, 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 you get sucked in there and you, you, you think you can handle it and it's done in secrecy and nobody knows about it and we, we just, we're doing our thing and I, I've got this little pleasing thing in the flesh. And you may not even understand, an individual probably doesn't even quite comprehend it. Uh, what, what's going on and the purity and the innocence of a, a, a mind, a child or a, a teenager, but what has happened, it has opened a portal to the lust 
lust of the flesh. And so every time uh, that it's remind, the person is reminded of it, they're drawn back to it and drawn back to it and drawn back to it. And a person, if they're not careful, this is why parents, and I rebuke this spirit. My wife had a young man in Oklahoma tell her that my parents told me pornography is a part of growing up. What a shame. My God, what a shame. It is our responsibility. It is our duty as, our, as parents to protect them, it's, it's a, to, to build the wall, to build the fortress where somebody help me preach tonight. The lust of the flesh is a dangerous thing, and it's our responsibility to do it. But they find themselves, they find themselves going back to it, and they're sucked into it. And it's just the lust of the flesh is getting pleased, and it's pleasing unto them. And they're in this whole virtual world where nobody knows about it. And you know what? If it's not dealt with at an early age, if it's not dealt with, unfortunately, if it's not dealt with, teenagers or young people, it morphs into adulthood and into relationships and marriages. And you know what? And not only wrecks that individual's life and their mind you know what I'm sorry the lust of the flesh the reason we gotta protect it it's not because it's just oh I sinned and I messed up oops I shouldn't have done that and I move on but when you get find a person that has given themselves to pornography they can be delivered of it they can't be does anybody believe that they can't be delivered of it but all the days of their life they're reminded and you know what they have to do not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. I'm not doing it today, flesh. I ain't going there today. But why should we get to that point where they have to deal with that in their mind? Let's deal with it now. Well, all my, all my, all, all my, all my kids' friends at school have phones. Who cares? They don't need a tablet. They don't need a laptop. They don't need anything anywhere without you being present. But it goes if it's not dealt with, if it's not shaken off. They deal with it all their lives into adulthood. They take it into their marriage and there's conflict in their marriage and there's problems in the marriage. Why? Because of the lust of the flesh. And it wasn't dealt with at an early age. And we can do some preventive maintenance. We do it on our vehicles. We do it on our homes. Our children, our lives are more important than a sneaking car in the parking lot or the roof over our head. I'd rather drive a jalopy. I'm not saying be careless and uh, I don't even let, I don't have to qualify this. But just hear what I'm saying here tonight. I'd rather drive a jalopy and not have the nicest home be spiritually mine though and my mind be whole and complete and safe let me tell you something you ask an individual that's been addicted to pornography and then delivered the peace and the joy that they feel afterwards it's such a lie to oh it feels good oh it's right oh it feels so good I'm in this whole little world. Oh, it's, it's so wonderful. But their conviction, it eats them alive. And they honestly, they're not, it's, 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 it's just an ugly spirit. They, they think they can handle it. They, they, they think they got it all under control. They go through service after service and 
conference after conference and camp meeting after camp meeting. They, they do all these things and they just they can't shake it. They can't. Let me tell you something here tonight and I'll move on. But if you're dealing with pornography here tonight, you can find in, in a man of God, if you're a young man, you better, you better confide in somebody. Let me tell you something. The only way you overcome pornography is there's got to be over-the-top accountability. you got to eliminate everything out of your life. I don't know why I'm saying all this, Pastor, but it's just it's right. you got to eliminate everything excess-wise in your life possible. Eliminate it. Eliminate it. And you got to find your prayer closet. And just as you went off and slipped off into secrecy, you got to slip off in secrecy with God. Accountability. And a walk with God. Elimination, elimination, elimination. You don't need a smartphone. It's a lie. It's convenient. Oh, I got my emails right here. I got all this. It's convenience. That's what appeals to our flesh. It's convenient. It's, it's a lie from the pit of hell. It's blindness. It's spiritual blindness. It's spiritual blindness. And it's, it's God saying it's enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Brother Earls, would you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 16? This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What? Repeat that again. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Read on. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit <laughs> against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Read. But if ye, would, if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not, not under the law. Yeah. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Uh-huh. Adultery. Yeah. Fornication. Uh-huh. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Yeah. Adultery. Yeah. Witchcraft. Hatred. Yeah. Variance. Uh-huh. Emulations. Wrath. Yeah. Strife. Seditions. Uh-huh. Heresies. Envyings. Murders. Drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which yeah. I tell you before, uh-huh. as I have also told you in time past, that yeah. they which do such things yeah. shall not shall not shall not uh-huh. inherit the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Of God. Now, y'all thought I went on a little tangent and a little soapbox on pornography. But you go read them. It carry covers everything. Everything that your flesh is made up. I'll never forget the message, Pastor Mayo. You preach on this passage. Yeah, my flesh is made up of that. But it doesn't define who I am. It doesn't define who you are. Someone asked you. Our, 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 her, our earthly father would do anything he would for his children to eliminate anything out of their life that would hurt them or prevent them from being successful or overcomers. 
Why would God not do that with our flesh? You know what? The answer is God allows that in your flesh so that you can overcome it. But you're not going to do it by pleasing it. You're going to do it by walking in the spirit. Hey, I think there needs to be a revival to where we're walking around just walking in the spirit. It's, it's time to go into the grocery stores and say, yeah, that individual needs a healing and that, that person needs a, this and that. And it's, it's time to walk in the, the spirit. It's time to get so far in the Holy Ghost you can't even. I, I'm about to get myself in trouble, but get in the Holy Ghost so much it gets on your wife's nerves. Try it. You women, y'all just get your little bun going, shaking on the top of your head and getting the Holy Ghost. And you make it, y'all come on now. We used to be known for the bobby pin throwing people because we were shaking ourselves. We were, we were shaking ourselves from the lust of the flesh. It's time we get back to it. At the church, but at home too. That's the problem. We're only doing it here. We're not doing it at home. We got to do this 24-7, 365. No, flesh, I'm going to shake myself. No, flesh, I'm not going to go there. No, flesh, we're not going to look at that. No, flesh, no, 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 no. But I'm going to walk in victory. I'm going to walk in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be so in tune with the Holy Ghost. I'm almost done. Somebody help me pray right now. Help us, God. Help us shake ourselves. I'm almost done. Brother Kazande, come to the keyboard, please. I really feel this in the Holy Ghost. We better shake ourselves before God shakes us. This is a warning. Shake yourself before God shakes you. Find an altar of repentance before God has to shake it. It's not the same. It's not the same when you come with a willing heart and say, God, I've been given in to the lust of my flesh. But when you're so accustomed to it and you're just, it's a part of your life. It's just part of the family. It's just this and that. And God's got to shake your world upside down. Get you to, it's not the same. I'm telling you tonight in the Holy Ghost, shake yourself. Shake yourself. Simpson thought he had it all control. He thought he had, could handle it. He finds himself with another Philistine woman. So blinded, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Samson ultimately died by his spiritual blindness. Yes, he lost his physical eyes. But he died of his spiritual blindness. Unwilling to see. Unwilling to recognize what I'm doing is, is pleasing to the lust of the flesh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got this vow. And I got, I've got all this thing going on. And I sustain myself or, or keep myself away from certain things. And I don't do, but I'm, I'm pleasing the lust of the flesh. And he found himself in a place 
You know what's amazing? I passed. Can you put the text back up there, 16 and 20? He must have found himself in this position, Bishop, more than once. Because when he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go at, out as at other times before and shake myself. Now, I want us to be honest with ourselves tonight. Don't raise your hand, please. But be honest with yourself. How many of you have looked at the clock and watched and said, yeah, it's a couple hours before prayer. I better shake myself. I better make myself look like everything's okay. But there's coming a day when you can, you're going to shake yourself as Samson did and realizes, oh God, what did I do? echoing of this HVAC system is appropriate right now because that's the place of emptiness that you find yourself when you give yourself to the lust of the flesh. God! <laughs> I pleaded with a husband tonight. You got a wife. You've got children. Young man, young lady, woman of God, Shake ourselves. Shake yourself. Oh, God. But you know what the beautiful thing about it is? And this is not gloom and doom here tonight. But the beautiful thing about it, Samson was taken by the Philistines. As I said a moment ago, he lost his eyes. They put him on a, a grinder to grind meal. And you know what? They were throwing their little party. We got Samson. We finally found the key. We got Samson. But I just believe somewhere with him going around and around. Can't see anything. But then somewhere in his heart of hearts, he's like, God, I really messed up. I've really made a mess of things. And while they're throwing their little party, and he's going around and around, the hair on his head began to grow again. So, you know what? Before God shakes yourself, or shakes you, shake yourself. There's grace and there's mercy. There's an altar here tonight where you can find it. At his death! Another message that bishops preached that I'll never forget. Samson found an exit strategy. And at his death, he took out more Philistines than he had did in all of his life. Don't let it be a story. I don't want to see another Samson here tonight. Or you got to be shook by God and your world's got to be turned upside down and everything's got to go awry for you to get your act together. And yeah, you're still going to be used to God. You're still, you're, yeah, yeah, there's, there's hope, there's grace, there's mercy, and it's all that, but I'm, I'm just trying to stop someone. I feel like I'm standing in the, 
I've only been down there one time that I can remember the L.A. traffic. Some of you people know what I'm talking about. I feel like I'm standing in the middle of this highway trying to stop cars. People, stop. Stop. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. I'm talking about not just a stirring, not just a move, not just a, a little tear. We've learned how to play church, if I can say it that way. And we'll cry, we're touched, we're, but we need, we need to be changed, not touched. I want to be changed, God. There needs to be some ugly prayer meetings here tonight. There needs to be some tears and some snot. We, we got to shake ourselves. Let there be a Holy Ghost earthquake in this place tonight. I was probably 19, 20 years old, and I'm done. Please stand. 19, 20 years old, I don't remember exactly. But I was in southeastern Oklahoma. I was supposed to, we were down there doing some deer hunting, some carnal stuff. And there was a brother coming into town. I was supposed to stay the night with him in his cabin. I'd never been in this cabin before. I was 19, 20. I was, thought I was real tough. Well, he couldn't make it, so I went on to the cabin. We paid for it, so I went on to the cabin by myself. And in the middle of the night, that's the southeastern southeastern Oklahoma. In the middle of the night, my world gets rocked. And I come out of it. I'm like, what is going on? I jump up, this tough 20-year-old kid. I grab a gun. And I realize as I'm checking I really literally checked the rooms. I realized that was an earthquake. And I went and I met up with everyone else the next morning and they did not believe me. They said, no, you're, you're, you're fibbing. And it was on the news. It was an earthquake. But it shook my world. It rocked me. Startled me. Let's do that tonight before God has to do it. I, I, I come before you tonight with all humility but I, I'm pleading with somebody this is the voice of God this, this is not me this is not my agenda this is not my word this is the word of God shake yourself shake yourself this altar's open come on some of us need to shake ourselves. We've let some stuff get in our crawl. We've let some stuff fester and get infected in our spirituality, our spiritual life, our spiritual man that should not be there. That's not right. Shake yourself. I wonder tonight, I wonder tonight with our voices, could we shake ourselves in the spirit? Come on, this should not be a place of quietness tonight. But this should be a place where the roar of voices, the roar of repentance, the roar of a man or a woman waking themselves up saying, Not any longer! It's gone on too long. It's gone too far. Yes, <laughs> Shatana.